So many times we allow things to get in our way. There's blocks, there's circumstances, there's trials. But when we're really honest with ourselves, how many times are we getting in our own way? How many times are we allowing that voice in our head to stop us from doing that next step, from taking that leap, from acting in faith, and to get moving in a direction that's, that is going to propel our future? That, my friend, is what we talk about today. So I can't wait to share it with you. But before I dive in, if you haven't checked out my YouTube channel yet, check it out. Um, Tammy Marie Coaching. You can find it easily uh, by typing it in or there'll be a link in the show notes. Also, come to my workshop. If you're looking, if those voices in your head are what's stopping you, I know that I can help you remove those. I know that instead of adding other things to your to-do list, we actually need to remove some things that are not working and then and then you're going to feel the freedom and you're going to be able to grow and have that transformation that you're looking for. You're going to have that thriving life simply by removing things instead of just feeling guilty because we're not doing enough. So check it out in the show notes and I can't wait to see you there. Here we go. Hi friend, I am so excited that you're here to check out Her Restored Spirit podcast. If you've gone through something that has left you broken spirited, maybe it's a divorce, loss of a spouse or even a child, loss of a job, whatever it is, I know there is restoration in your future. I'm a widowed mom and I remember what it feels like to emerge from the fog to discover that my loss is not the center of my story, but it actually instilled in me a new hope a new understanding of faith, and a new strengthening in my heart, soul, and motherhood. I have finally understood that God has taken my test and formed it into my testimony, and that's why I'm here with you. I want you to step into your purpose, into a newfound joy, and to turn a new page in your book, because I believe you are on the brink of full restoration, unlocking a confidence that you didn't know was inside you, and understanding how to live more fruitfully with purpose, joy, and permission to be washed in possibility. It's time, friend, to reclaim your restored spirit. Hey, and welcome back to Her Restored Spirit podcast and YouTube channel. My name is Tammy, and I'm your host. I wanted to talk a little bit today about the voice in your head. So if you're like me, I have a really strong voice in my head. Now, if you're an Enneagram one, I know that your voice is doubly loud. It's the main voice in your head, or it is if you don't keep it in check. Um, But what I wanted to talk to you today is how you don't actually have to listen or agree with or serve that voice in your head. That, That voice in the head, that the inner critic, that devil on your shoulder, that inner voice, that inner monologue. Sometimes it's in your own voice. Sometimes it's in a parent's voice. Sometimes it's in a friend's voice. Sometimes it's in some voice you don't really know. But you don't have to listen to it. You don't have to agree with it. And in fact, it's so important that you actually listen and interpret it, not interpret, um, identify it. Is it the voice in your head or is it the Holy Spirit? Is it the voice in your head or is it actual, actually something that you need to consider? 
Because that's the part that's challenging for me, that it's, okay, I, I have this voice in my head who's telling me, well, to be honest, it tell it's berating. It is telling me I'm not good enough, that I'm not smart enough, strong enough, um, worthy. I've talked to so many of my clients, so many people, so many of my friends who have that inner voice or inner um, monologue going on that, why do you think you should get to do this? You're not worthy of that. Or who are you to do this? Who are you to have that? Who are you to be happy? Who are you to have a thriving life? Who are you to have good things? Who are you to expect and trust safety or love or any, any of these things that are deep down that are needs. As humans, we have three basic needs, to be loved, to be worthy, and to be safe. And if that inner voice is attacking any of those three things, it's time to start getting real with it and looking to see, is it true? And why or why not? Do I need to listen to it? Because typically our brains are gonna keep us safe, not successful. Our brains will highlight fear. It also takes our mistakes and our failures from the past, things that didn't go well, and it brings those up. But you're not the same person you were when you went through that. You don't have to make those same decisions. You don't have to make those same choices. You don't have to feel that same way. You don't have to believe that you are that anymore. That voice in your head, and it may not be pointing to a past mistake. It may be trying to protect you from something that you want, something that's right there in your grasp and you know deep down that it's something that is going to change your life. But it's unknown. You've never experienced it before. You've never done it before. So your brain is going haywire being like, hey, let's keep you right where you are. Let's keep you. We know how to handle this. You're not worthy of that over there. So that, that voice and that devil in your mind, it's there serving a purpose. A purpose, not a good purpose. It's not even true most of the time. It's not even true. The more we stop to look at it and we stop to identify it and separate it from ourselves. So one thing that I started doing, and I'll go into some questions you can ask yourself to see, is it a message you need to be listening to or you need to avoid? But one thing that I started doing is I gave my inner voice its own persona. Have you watched The Devil Wears Prada? I love that movie. I It's just a, it's a cute movie, but Miranda, 
Miranda in the film, she is like the epitome. She is classy. She is the the high. She she knows how things are supposed to be done. She is the trendsetter. She is the one who people go to. Her facial expressions change entire collections. So if you haven't watched it, um, it's about like a, the fashion industry, which I'm not super into the fashion industry. I, I like fashion. That's not something that I really am hip. That's I'm not really into it, like all the latest fashions and things. But I know there's this whole world out there that fascinates me about trends. And the idea is Miranda is in charge of this main fashion company who sets the fashion trends, the lifestyle trends for the whole world with one look or one press of the lips or one sound. People know, oh, she hates it. Scrap the whole thing. We are shouting over. The idea is her opinion matters. So as I was going through and I was studying, like looking and studying what this inner critic, this inner voice, like she was setting the tone for all of my decisions. She was the one I looked to to see if I was right or wrong or if I was worthy of the next step or making the right choice. And then one day when I, and really it was when I started setting the Enneagram that it highlighted because I didn't realize that not everybody had such a strong inner critic that ones do. Um, I was talking to a seven friend of mine and she's like, yeah, I have an inner critic, but she's graceful and gentle and tells me I'll get it next time. And I'm like, I can get it. And my inner voice, my inner critic will still tell me I didn't get enough or I didn't do it right. And she's like, oh no, that's not healthy. And I'm like, no, it's not. It served a purpose. It's gotten me to where I am. But I also think it's held me back a lot from where I could be because of that fear of, will I disappoint her? Will I be doing something that she thinks is right? Because it's in my head um, and it seems right. It seems like it definitely touches on I mean, there's truth laced in it. There's truth that's sown in there. And it does like bring back, you know, old experiences and things and highlights areas where I fell short. So what I did is I gave my inner critic her own persona. I call her Miranda. Now I'll do a side note here because I have a dear friend named Miranda who is nothing like my inner critic. She is kind. She is um, supportive. She is um, encouraging with her words. Her words matter. And she is the epitome of, she watches what she says. She crafts her words carefully to be edifying, not destroying. So I called her Miranda way before I met my friend Miranda. But so the Miranda I'm talking about is the Miranda in our credit from the Devil Wears Prada. Um, my friend and I even, we send pictures like when our inner critics are going haywire, we will start send a, a meme or a, um, a gif on um, from Miranda Priestley from um, the Devil Wears 
Prada. When I started realizing that it was outside of me, realizing that it was based in fear and lies, not truth, because even constructive criticism is helpful when it's done right. Criticism is not bad. Evaluating and looking at how you're working is not bad. But if you're constantly berating and you're putting yourself down, and we've talked about how you talk to your best friend and why do you talk to yourself in such a negative way? You would never say the things that you say to yourself to your best friend. So why would you say them to yourself? And it, this goes along the lines of that. And so when you start, when you're, you're, your mind is going crazy, stop and look. Is it true? Where's the evidence that it is 100% true? Now there's elements identify those and say, you know what, I'm not the same person that I was when I made that choice. Even if it was yesterday, you're still not the same person you were yesterday. You're either better or worse. Does it, you're either healthier or unhealthier, but you're not the same. You have more information, you have more experience, you have more um, a different outlook, you have different um, goals, you have different set of things in front of you that you have to decide. So ask yourself, you know, what's the evidence? Like, what am I up against, basically? What is it pushing on me? And is that something that I need to listen to? Or I can set aside? What evidence are they bringing up? And is that old, old things that no longer matter or are no longer substantial or no longer are true? Does it reflect the compassion and grace of God? Sometimes we think it's the inner, that, that voice, we think of it like, oh, it's that Holy Spirit speaking to us. Like it must be because it can't, it's not within ourselves. If it is not uplifting, if it doesn't follow the grace and compassion of God, if it doesn't go, if it doesn't align with the word of God, because I know he does correct. He does correct. He does course corrects. He does shifts. He does pruning. He does um, fires to, um, to shape. He's a, he has the potter where the clay. So it's not like everything he says feels wonderful and great. But if what you're hearing and what you're believing does not align with the word of God, it's not true. You don't have to listen to it. You don't even have to give it a second thought. I know how impossible that is. But by writing it down, by like looking at it and and thinking of what what is this it gives you that moment to step aside and say okay is this of me or is this outside of me or is this from god 
or is this from the devil? Because the devil knows how to say things to you that wolf in sheep's clothing. If it's not a sheep in sheep's clothing, it's not the word of God. So the next thing is, how is that thought, that criticism, that inner voice, how is it serving you? Most of the time, it is serving you in a way that's not helpful. But you're still getting benefits from it. You are still, it gives you that excuse to not go for that God-sized dream. It gives you that excuse to not go to the gym. It gives you that excuse to eat that other brownie or the bag of chips or make those choices that you deep down desperately don't want to make. But you make the decision that feels good in the moment because you feel bad about yourself. It's serving you. Doesn't mean it's serving you well. It could be detrimental. And typically, that voice in your head, if it is a criticism, it is not serving you well. Because again, going through and identifying and exploring and getting curious about, okay, what what's stopping me and why? That can be very helpful. If it's just telling you you're not worthy because you're never going to be worthy or you're not loved because you're never going to be lovable or you know what that friend of yours you guys had a fight um because and it's it's never going to get better because you because you because you it's that because you that's the highlight of oh no this is not right at all so make that decision Look at it, write it down, journal about it. I am telling you, if you haven't started journaling, please do. Again, you don't have to do free form and long winded. You don't have to do pages and pages and pages, but write things down so you can actually see them in print. It does something different to your body, to your mind when you see it. It's easier because it's outside of you to identify whether it's true or not. How is this thought serving you? And let me tell you about one of my thoughts recently. Because here I am. I, I'm building a business where I give advice. I tell people. I give them, give, well, flat out. I help you find things to do. I show you what's going right, what's going wrong, and how to fix it. Here I am. I... I and the voice was like, who are you to do this for them? You can't even get your own life right. You haven't fixed all the voices in your head. You haven't fixed all your problems. You're not perfect. So how can you tell them? How can you inspire when you can't even inspire yourself? And I tell you what I, when I started looking out, is it true? It's I remind myself that in my weakest times when I it's when I look to others and I get inspired by them not because they're perfect but because they have been in a place that I've been and they're out of it and if I know anything I've been in places that are really dark and deep and painful 
and I've gotten out of them. And I know that it's going to be a cycle. I'm going to continuously have to get out of them because that's what life is. But the key is, is that it was stopping me from doing this YouTube channel. And then all of the tech stuff comes up and I've had to redo things and I've had to. So there, there's, there's things that stop you. But once I identified that it was really that thought, that inner critic, that monologue, that voice that was telling me, you're not worthy of this. How, who are you to help others? That's when I was like, whoa, okay, Miranda. Because I have evidence that like, you look at the Bible, it's full of people who are not qualified, who are not worthy, worthy, and God calls worthy. People who didn't do everything right, look at Moses. Look at, he, he's a murderer, and yet he is a deliverer. He had a, his speech. He was like, please send somebody else. There's other people who are more worthy. And I was like, no, guess what? It's you. There's Paul who spent his whole life persecuting Christians, had a moment, and then all of a sudden he was a hero in the faith. He he had that moment of, wow, what you know, he that encounter with Christ. He didn't have that afterwards. It did not matter to him, the worthiness. He had such an encounter that he was able to do amazing things just through his words, just through his actions, by who he was, he was bringing people to Christ still today. God calls people not because they are worthy on their own. He calls them because they're his children and he invites us to do his work with him. When I started writing about that, when I started journaling about that and realizing that's not the, the right thought, it's not even, it's who am I to do this? It's who am I not to do and give and serve you how God has served me? Who am I to not say yes to God? That inner voice, that inner critic was what was telling me that I shouldn't do that, that I'm not worthy of that. But when I started looking at scripture, when I started looking at how God made me, I realized that that's not, that was a lie of the devil. And I had to work through that. It was serving me because I was able to stay in my comfort zone. Because if I wasn't worthy, if I would study more and I would read my Bible more and I would wait and I would just do with all the good Christian things. I would read the Bibles, read or read the books, read the Bibles, read the the all of the all the words, all the words, and I would pray. But that inner voice was stopping me from doing the next step, which was the most important, and it was acting. It was making those micro decisions and going for it. And that's what God called me to do. So that inner critic that voice that tells you that you're not loved, you're not worthy, and that you're not safe. You don't have to listen to those. You don't. You can tell them to go, write them down. And the best way to do that is to look at how is it serving you? 
but what do you really want? And that fear, that fear in there is what is the difference, is push past that fear. Go to God in prayer. Write it out what you really want, what God's really calling you to do. Set down that voice that has been speaking too loud and has taken up too much of your time. Because time is our most precious resource. And if we don't start doing the things now, and I didn't say do all the things, doing the things. If we don't start now, and the first step is to identify what fears and what that voice is telling you and find out really what the truth is, because it's stopping you from getting to what you want, getting where you want to go. It's stopping you from having that thriving life that you crave, that God has waiting for you, and that it's what everyone around you needs you to have. It's not selfish. It's prideful to listen to that voice because it makes it about you and not about others. It makes it about you and your shortcomings instead of serving God and doing things for him and how amazing he is and trusting him. It puts it all on you. Like it matters that you get it right. Nowhere in the Bible does God say, Hey, when you can get things right, call me and we can, we can partner up. He says, come and follow me. He says, drop your mat and go. He says, pick up your tent and follow me to a land I'll show you. He doesn't say, listen to that voice in your head. And when it's, when everything is worked out, you know, give me a shout out and, um, put, you know, slide into my DMs and we'll, uh, we'll make a plan. No. Friend. That is not something that is helping you. It's not serving you in a way. So what can you do? You think about it. If you have this inner voice, if you have these things, this feeling of unworthiness, unlovable and unsafe, you don't have to fix that alone. You don't have to keep listening. And sometimes those voices are so loud, you don't hear your own voice in it. You can't even hear the voice of God in it because that those lies are so strong. So what can you do? After you've journaled about it, write it down, start to identify. That is step one, like basic. And it's okay if you write it down and then destroy it and never look at it again. Like get it all on paper. But come to a workshop. I am starting a group in September. It'll be mid to late September. And I have, it's going to be very limited spots because we're going to meet for three months. We're going to meet weekly for three months. And we're going to start to identify what are these blocks? How do I decide what my thoughts and emotions and how do I see, identify what is blocking me from getting what I want? How, what is blocking me from getting the life that I deserve? And I use that word lightly or, well, not lightly. I use that word intentionally because for a long time, I didn't feel like I deserved a thriving life. Who am I? I'll be a, you know, a martyr for Christ, but that's not what God wants. He wants you to thrive because when you thrive, everyone around you thrives. So this group 
if you're interested, come to a workshop because we we start that process. We it's a free workshop. Come and listen and interact and come ready to walk away with three things that you can have a thriving life today. The group is the next step from that. It's we're going to take that basics that we learn and we're going to dive in together. You're not doing it alone. You're going to see how God's created you. Those blocks, those voice in your head, those things that are stopping you from having that thriving life. We're going to learn to identify them and then we're start getting rid of them. The thing is, a lot of times we try so many things. We add things. We add more books. We add more programs. We add more, more things to our life trying to make it better. When sometimes what we need to do is actually remove something. We're going to remove some of these lies, some of these blocks, some of these main things that have been put in your head that are not your fault, that are running on subconscious, that are running in the background that you did not intentionally put there. But once we start removing those, you can have a thriving life. You can have the life that you want. You get to do the things that you want to do. You get to make the difference and, and live today. Don't wait. We don't know how long we're on this earth for, but we know that God wants to do amazing things through all of us. He has a purpose. He has a has a calling for you. And chances are you already feel it. But the other voices are so loud that you can't identify it. So that's what we're going to do in the group. If you're interested, um, what you're going to do is sign up for discovery call. Because the only way to get into the group is we're going to do an interview and we're going to talk about it and just see if you're a good fit for it. Um, I want this group to be a tight knit. I want this group to be um, a group of women who are ready to say yes to themselves, a group of these driven women who have been knocked down by life, who may have lost someone important to them through the life circumstances. And friend, sometimes that person you lost is yourself. Let's find her again. Let's do this together and let's see what life could be in three months, three months, 12 weeks before Christmas. Let's see how things can change for you, how you can get out of that pain. You don't have to feel unloved, unworthy, and unsafe. You don't have to feel like you're not good enough or that you're overwhelmed or anxious about everything. If you're ready, like contact me get a discovery call and let's do this thing. I cannot wait to work with you and I'll see you there. But for now, I'll see you next week. Bye.